This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Coming to you live from backstage at Freight Alley. birthday and I've made a vow, a new vow that I think everyone in uh, maybe America, the world, it's a long time coming. I'm going to blow it. it. No birthday candles today. Uh, but we have to sing uh, happy birthday twice, don't we? Why? Isn't that the new rule now? To sing it twice? Oh, <laughs> I sure <laughs> Happy birthday oh, for your hands. to yes. you. The only happy birthdays happy I'll be birth- doing is uh, <laughs> as I wash my hands. Yeah. But it, I mean, if you sneeze and they go out, then you're good. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, blowing out cakes is kind of gross to be <laughs> Blowing out candles on cakes. Yeah, blowing out cakes is very strange. Blowing out candles on cakes is gross. Yeah, I agree. I've already gotten neurotic enough ever since they told me the symptoms of coronavirus, so I'm constantly asking myself if I can smell or if I can taste. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> myself, too. Yeah. yeah, I do smell something weird. Yes, good. Yeah, I just walked into our bathroom and I'm like, it, do- it doesn't smell bad enough in here. <laughs> well, that's because there's only worse. like four of us in the office. Well, I know, and then that, that revelation uh, dawned on me. <laughs> yeah, so well, you're not today, that bad. Today's episode, I'm Dooner, by the way, with... Oh, uh, and Michael Vincent. Yeah, we're going to be talking about his freight headed for a cliff. We teased it all last week and... yeah. I don't know. I, I hope to find out that answer for myself this episode. We're going to talk to you. We'll talk to Zach Strickland. We'll talk to Kevin Hill. Talk yeah. to Billy D. That's from, right. From Uber Bill Freight. Bill Drieger. Yes. Is, uh, yeah, he'll join us here in just, just a little bit. Yeah. Right? Talk about what's going on. That's highlight awesome. Some of the, uh, Glad the, to have him here. Highlight some of the good they, that they've done. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Emily Zink will be on as well, and Ingrid will give us a report from the road. But before Ingrid all that, been coast to coast and border to border. She has a lot of vegetables. She's running a lot of yeah, groceries. She's going crazy. But first, let's pay the bills, right? Right on. Bro. Yeah, I almost hit the headline music. Let's pay the bills yeah. first. This episode is brought to you by Lean Staffing Solutions, the pioneers of transportation and logistics nearshoring, struggling to hire, retain, and train entry level employees. Lean Staffing can save you time and money. With the ability to scale your business at a fraction of the cost to learn more, tell them, Michael. Go to leanstaffing.com immediately after this show. Oh, yeah. Hit the Dooner, brother. All I right. mean, the music, Dooner. <laughs> All right, what's in the news this week? Amazon Instacart workers walking off the job amid COVID 19 concerns. This is one of those things that seemed like. Yeah. It was bound to happen, as yeah, we see on the news. For it, the wildcat, right? As we see on the news, things getting worse and worse. People, you know, great, you're deemed essential. You can go into the office. But what if you don't want to go? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly Yeah, What are they going to do? Yeah. Right? I mean, and here we see it. And a lot of these workers are saying that they're going into the office. They're forming picket lines. They're protesting, hopefully keeping their social distance during that. But the reason they're doing it is they're saying that their work environments are not you know, as sanitized or as clean as they'd like, right? Well, yeah, that's exactly right. And then they, they said that there was a, uh, uh, they had they had someone test positive. So the warehouse is not unionized, but ROWSU has been working to try and get them organized. So the Staten Island facility is not the first where an Amazon worker has tested positive. There was another one. Another New York center was closed for cleaning following a positive test. And that's what they're asking for, right? Is for them to kind of shut it down for a little bit and clean it up for them. But uh, Chris Smalls, management assistant at the Staten Island facility, told CNBC, since the building won't close by itself, we're going to have to force Amazon's hand. We will not return until the building gets sanitized. Yeah, so uh, Ilsebil Sober Negrin, he just shared a link. It's probably spam. Don't click that. Uh, Robert Bain, <laughs> he says LFG. I know what that stands for. Let's beep go. Uh, Transportes de Soros. Hola. Wow. A lot of uh, lot of south of the border. Jerry Ginecolia says happy birthday. Well, thank you, sir. Amanda Miller. She gives Amen. us the 
The Devil Horns, Nicola Nicotis, a bunch of trucks. Chris Ulrich, what's up, guys? Uh, Kenneth Carter III says, greetings. James Dean Anderson says, good news. The New York MD has cleared 699 patients with hydrocurricum? Amazon has uh, unlimited what? UPT. Natalie Mendez says, I don't know. Those are That's what the comments are. Hey, I can't verify hey, that. I stuff. was reading some stuff on, on CNBC, et cetera, that they're they're talking about the, the uh, what is it, the uh, chloroquine and yes. uh, Z-Pack. Uh, but it's too early to tell anything at this point. Wasn't that about a week ago we were talking about yeah. doing the gin and tonic on here? And then we came in the next day. That's right. And there was that couple who had taken the fish tank cleaner because yeah. it had the, that hydrochloroquine name in it. Yeah. But there was another ingredient. Yeah. <laughs> Which was. <laughs> So, didn't turn out so well for him. Yeah, so there's specifically the malaria drug. Yes. Uh, and then with the quiet, with the Z-Pack or whatever is too early to tell. Yeah. Anecdotal at best is what I'm hearing, that type of stuff. But, man, let's pray. You know, so these gig workers, the Gig Workers Collective, they're a group that is asking for a pay raise, right? They want $5 yeah. per order added to each order that's done during this with a minimum 10% delivery charge. And if you've seen... A lot of the postings that have been online of people getting their, their tips and all that stuff from delivering goods to people, putting themselves at risk, yeah. they don't add up to much. We're going to talk a little later in the show, too, about what all this means for the sharing economy. Now, a little bit different than the gig economy, but the two do cross over. Yeah, they absolutely do. And, uh, you know, warehouses aren't the only ones being are, that are concerned, right? Oh, yes. Uh, truckers who touch those warehouses also sounded off recently on Freightways Dooner. Yeah, Alan Elder, he put out a great article on FreightWaves.com. You can check that out. There's a lot of quotes from different drivers and stuff. He spoke to truckers in that article that you mentioned over the weekend. Stories have emerged of drivers refusing to go into certain areas of the country. We know New York's being one of them. They're asking for hazard pay. The picture that's emerged, though, is one that shows the dedication that drivers have to their jobs to ensuring the American public gets what they need in these trying times. Trucking companies last week began to accept loads that they would have rejected two weeks ago, though. That's not necessarily a good sign. That's that freight cliff we're talking about. Is there's yeah, less and less freight, to... you get closer and closer to that that edge over there. Yeah, yeah. It's starting to rear its ugly head is, uh, is what's going on. And Alec uh, Kosteris is... Uh, less sure about his future, driving a load of plastic plumbing parts from Aurora, Colorado to Stockton, California on Friday. He had no return load scheduled. My future is as long as this trip lasts, he said. I'm waiting for agriculture demand to pick up. So, yeah, it's starting to rear its ugly head where uh, this demand is starting to, or the volumes are starting to uh, decrease, and so is the, the rejections. Oh, absolutely. He said he's looking at load boards. Uh, and there's loads up to say Washington, but uh, that's not going to send. It's going to send him into a black hole. Washington was the first U.S. state with the concentration of COVID nineteen cases, a health risk for someone traveling there. It also means practically no outbound freight coming out of there. Yes, yeah, so you bring your shipment of toilet paper, groceries, whatever it may be, into Washington. Those people need those goods as much as anybody. But then when you're coming out of there, you got to deadhead it back because there's nothing to bring. Yeah, you got to deadhead out of there. So there's two things. One, you got to up the rate to try and get somebody to go in there to deliver it. And then you've got to add on the fact that they've got to deadhead a significant number of miles to go find another load, which may or may not be taking them back to where they want to go. Uh, Bill, when we have him on the phone, he's going to have a very interesting take on all this stuff, too, because running a load board like Uber Freight, you have to see... The, the freight flows, especially in the spot market, before yeah. anyone else. Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear his perspective on what he sees going on with the with the flattening of the upward curve of the volumes and then a potential cliff. Now, we talked to all different people in this story. Alan Elder did. One of them was an Ohio-based independent driving team of Stephen Helstead and Sandy Groshi. They have sworn off New York and California during this pandemic. As freight expeditors, they, stay, they staged their area near Indiana and Michigan border this week looking to pick up some non-coronavirus-related medical equipment. Again, staying out of those, uh, those two coastal states. Albert, who consistently, consistently drives between Laredo, Texas and Charlotte, North Carolina, he was delivering parts for a major truck manufacturing, said uh, he would accept a load to New York, but it would require a bigger premium. Because his trailer is likely to return empty. So both coasts suffering from the same problem. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, it's the backhaul going inside there. I mean, it's the worry of going into a concentrated area plus that backhaul. You're seeing that uh, come up more and more. Albert began seeing signs of the slowdown when he reserved an overnight parking spot in Hammond, Louisiana earlier this week. That would be last week. Uh, the lot filled much later than usual. Ample spaces were available for trucks. Uh, that week's earlier would have creative, uh, creatively parked nearby for the night. Uh, he still has loads of replacement truck parts destined for aftermarket outlets deemed essential for keeping freight moving, but 
With original equipment demand frozen, plants can't justify making only replacement parts for a long term. Groceries uh, need replenishing, but not because people are eating more, Albert said. Uh, it's because they're eating differently. I think they are eating more, though. I think I've gained my COVID-19, right? <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Do you, you have? I mean, there's more snacks than ever in the house. And there's, yeah. I don't know. I haven't gotten to the rice yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of potato chips. Yeah, right there's around. no gym to go out to or anything, you know? And you're you just like walking creative. the dog around the block. You got to be creative. You got to do like I, I laid six yards of mulch this Saturday. so Just to keep up the activity? Just to keep up the activity because all the potato chips I'm eating. Oh, yeah. When I, used to, when I used to mow the lawn, when I used to have a lawn before I lived in an apartment, that's something I would do too. That <laughs> kept go. down that COVID-19. Uh, Eric Lee Riddle, he says, our rates through the roof, especially in affected areas. Yes, they are, Eric, and we will talk a little bit about that freight cliff that they're headed towards, though. Um, how is the truck industry protecting professional drivers? Well, we're hearing a lot about them giving out sanitizer and much more. Let's talk to Billy D from uh, from Uber Freight. He'll oh, tell us some All of the right. things that they're doing, right? Yeah, awesome. All right, let's pull him up. Give a little background on this. Yeah, so uh, let's see here. Billy D. Uh, Bill Driegert is uh, head of operations at Uber Freight and co-founder at Uber Freight. Uh, and they announced, I think it was last week, they were giving vouchers for five, meals to their, five, to their five, drivers, two, right? Nice. Talk to him about how that's going. Is that Bill Driegert we have on the line right now? Yeah, this is Bill. Hey, How's Bill. Going? Thank you for joining us. This is Dooner and the dude at What the Truck with Freight Waves. Uh, wish we were talking to you under better circumstances, but given what has been going on, we'd like to congratulate Uber Freight. And one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because of an article we posted last week where Uber Freight was stepping up and doing something for the, the truck drivers who are keeping America moving. Thanks. Yeah, it's good to, good to be on. We always circumstances would be better, but um, you know, here we are. Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing for those drivers there, Bill? Give us a little background on that, if you want to expand on that. Yeah, absolutely. So what we announced last week is that we are um, supporting drivers. There's three initiatives that we put into place. Uh, one of them was providing each credit. So we recognized uh, pretty early on, I've seen a lot of chatter online about the difficulty of getting food for drivers right now. Restaurants are shut down. You know, the drivers can't go through the drive through I know a lot of restaurants have stepped up, so we looked in our network and uh, in our platform and figured that we could help with each. So we're providing $20 credits to drivers in the platform on a weekly basis so that they can stay fed and stay, stay healthy. Nice. And, yeah, and the, I think yeah. a follow-up to that was uh, uh, looking at profit margins or some type of uh, price reduction or something on loads, uh, relief loads booked through the platform. Is that right, Bill? Yeah, two other efforts. So uh, another thing we're doing is providing sanitation supplies. So uh, it is hard to get a hold of sanitation supplies right now, so we figured we could help there. Uh, we're providing small carriers access to sanitation supplies. The other one is for shippers, particularly small shippers that work through our, our, our platform. Uh, we're providing uh, no-margin relief coverage, meaning that we're, we're providing service at cost. So any load that needs any relief load that needs to be moved, we provide it with no margin to, to Uber Freight. Um, we knew that uh, you know it's critical that goods keep moving, and we we wanted to do what we could to help. Hey, Bill, how have things changed around Uber Freight since this coronavirus epidemic has hit our shores here in the United States? Yeah, us like everyone has been reacting in real time to the evolving situation. Uh, our first focus right out of the gate was just making sure that our workforce was safe and healthy, and that our drivers and our shippers were safe and healthy. So. This is actually the third week uh, of working home. So we moved pretty quick to get 100% of our staff at home. I think one of the, um, one of the unique things about, uh, Uber Freight is because we did, uh, you know, start as a digital company and cloud enabled, uh, we were able to move our workforce home pretty quickly and pretty easily, uh, and stay 100% engaged. But yeah, we've all been on Zooms all day long, like, like many, many people. So, so Bill, one of the things that we talk about is what comes out of this, right? As far as technology and workforce and so on, is that is it a consideration now? I mean, are you thinking that possibly uh, a certain percentage stays working at home after this? Are you seeing efficiencies there or something? It's definitely a question that we're asking because we have not seen any drop off uh, in efficiency and productivity. Uh, it's, you know, everybody's situation is unique, and I think some people are better suited to it than, than others. So it's certainly something we're evaluating in real time. But, yeah, I think we're all learning a lot about working from home right now and how to make it work. So uh, we'll take a lot of these lessons uh, after this all uh, kind of finishes up and hopefully passes, passes over and, and see what uh, what options we have. But definitely something we're considering. <laughs> 
Bill, have you seen the gain in users through all of this? I imagine, especially for some carriers who were hauling certain types of commodities that may have especially been impacted, like automobiles or whatnot, they may have to move towards a, a load board or an Uber Freight to find capacity. Are you seeing any of that happen? Yeah, I, well, there's definitely a mix, and uh, I'm sure you see it in your data as well, but i say there's some drivers who are hesitant and anxious, as you would expect, uh, but then there's also those other drivers whose work may have dried up who are looking for other options. So we do see both. Nice. And so we're, you know, we've been watching it. You mentioned the data. We've been watching the data, the meteoric rise of outbound volumes and tender mm-hmm. rejects and so on. And appears to have plateaued last week and then three straight days of the outbound, uh, uh, the volumes uh, dropping and now tender rejections or the capacity seems to be loosening a bit, it's specifically in, in different markets. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, we're, we're seeing that as well. And I think as expected, that initial surge of buying for toilet paper and uh, certain products has, has passed and uh, expect to see certain categories of freight, you know, packaged foods and, and beverage continue to uh, see strong volumes. But yeah, that initial surge seems to be seems to have crested. Uh, we're definitely seeing uh, the same thing that you see in the data. Do you think we're going to fall off a cliff or do you see a secondary surge of consumer a wave of consumer goods as if we find out that we have to hunker down for even longer do you think that that may help i don't know at least keep rates somewhat buoyant or is it just going to completely dive right back down i think it's it's anybody's guess as to what happens in this uh, scenario there's a lot of uncertainty i can't speak to uh what we've seen in europe because europe is seems to be running a couple weeks ahead we are seeing steady volumes and we are seeing that uh, you know the food the beverage uh, certain categories continue to move but yeah, there's definitely freight categories, which, uh, you know, like restaurant supply and um, uh, other goods, which have, have fallen significantly as well. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Bill. So uh, you mentioned that Europe is, is a couple weeks ahead. Did you see the same? Uh, how did that react? Did it react with a, with a huge surge in volume and then kind of die off and then kind of stabilize? Or how, how was that? Yeah, I think the situation there is a little bit different because it was country by country. Of course, we saw what happened with Italy. Italy was really the first country to get hit hard. Uh, at this point, it's you know it's effectively trans-European, uh, so every every country is going through their own challenges. Uh, so what we saw is right out of the gate, I think there was a lot of uncertainty around what would happen in Italy would the trade keep moving. But the Italian government and many you know many governments and uh, authorities uh, worldwide have prioritized keeping trade moving because it's essential to. I mean, to keep the store shelf stocked. So uh, we definitely saw the freight, you know, there was the initial uncertainty, but freight has, has kept a pretty steady volume. Hey, Bill, thank you so much for joining us and letting our listeners know what Uber Freight is doing to help out the supply chain and those of us that work so hard in it. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Wow. So a lot of, uh, yeah. a, a lot of uncertainty still going on, and I don't know if we have gotten a firm answer yet on... Our question is freight headed for a cliff, but maybe Zach Strickland can give us a little bit more insight maybe. into what he's seen. You never know. Wow, Kyle Littner says, uh, <laughs> looks like I need to send Dooner some K-Ratio birthday swag. Of course you do, and you know the address, too. <laughs> Nicole says, uh, so we have, we've had a few questions come through from people wanting to know about rates. It's a big topic this week. Thomas Smiley said, carriers will continue to try and drive up rates for the next few weeks. I wish they had access to these tools like Sonar. Yeah, hell yeah. In order to show them the hut markets rather than rely on suggestions from their colleagues or message boards. Nicole Nicolet says, will we see brokers consider hazard pay for carriers to secure capacity in these hot zones? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you kind of already seeing that yeah. with the negotiations you're, that go on, right? Don't you negotiate that? You're exactly right. I, I mean, <clears throat> as a pricing person, you try to build in as much of these accessorial charges, as you will, yeah. uh, into the rate itself. So it's almost implied. Yeah. So tell us, what's going on, Zach? I know you looked a lot at air freight over the weekend. It's an industry that has been 
I mean, it was getting killed with the, with the 737 MAX and all of that stuff before coronavirus happened. And this can't be helping matters much at all either. No, what's cool about this or not cool, depending on your perspective, is nobody really saw this one coming either. It's kind of like the freight market going haywire in yeah. early March. Uh, rates going through the roof, whereas everybody was thinking, oh, it's just everything's going to die because eventually nobody's going to have any freight to move. Well, nobody sees this coming, though. I feel like this is like we watched this happen in slow motion as it yeah. like like a slow moving hurricane or something as it went from country to country. And now so much so that we can be like, oh, we're two weeks behind Europe. I, th- I, huh. think, I think most people are of the mindset until it's here. It's not yeah. here. It was like a hurricane that was 15 yeah. days out and I woke up and it was here the next day. Yeah. Yeah. It was like. And, and yeah, it was almost overnight that everybody yeah. just, I mean, we saw it in our, in our volumes. Sure. Like it was March 2nd and literally every single market at the same time shot up, Yep, uh, which was crazy. But yeah, the, the air market is kind of a, a, a little different in the way that its supply side has been reduced significantly because over 50%, uh, Eric Coolidge, one of our, uh, the air cargo editor here, we, we had a good conversation yeah. last week. Uh, basically he wrote this great article. Uh, showing how they were converting all these passenger planes into cargo jets. Oh, right? yeah. Right, right. Um, and so I didn't realize this, but over 50% of the airline capacity uh, for cargo is on passenger freight and belly freight. It goes in the uh, other yeah, carriage. Yeah. I hope when they were loading that, too, they realized that, wow, it would have been nice if we gave them some more leg room yeah. all along. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> probably not. No. <laughs> no, probably not. You can purchase extra leg room yeah, by a kilogram. Go. Oh, okay. There's your package. You've got to be you got to be a special high-priority diamond medallion class member to get that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, since they have, obviously, the demand for passenger uh, airlines has gone way down, now there's not as much capacity yeah. uh, moving across the, the yeah. country. <laughs> so if you imagine that, like, say, 60% of all the freight uh, over the road rode mm-hmm. uh, underneath buses. Yeah, or it was, it was part of Ubers. And then, and then buses <laughs> went away. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be... That's, right? that'd be, that's, that's exactly what we're right. looking at, right? That's exactly right. I think that's one of the things, and it might be what, it, what fascinates me about when you're just looking at the data behind supply chain is that you can look at anomalous things. You can look at extremely elevated airfare uh, you know, rates f- or, or for trucking rates. But then there's a whole other sort of historical story or global story that actually puts context to all that. And having too good of a rate doesn't ne- is usually mean something terrible has happened. Right. Yeah, right? that's exactly right. That's what creates volatility. Uh, and in this circumstance, it's actually, you know, a lot of the freight that moves on airlines, I mean, it has to be high value freight because that's how they can burden the extra transportation expense right. of moving on a plane. A lot of this stuff is like pharmaceuticals, electronics, typically around, uh, you know, if you look at the chart there that I, that I pulled up in uh, about November, October, November, there's a big run up in air cargo rates. That's because the electronics, the retail season, it's similar in freight. It happens a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, now that we don't have electronic shipping, we've got more higher demand for pharmaceuticals, yeah. obviously all the medical supplies, mm-hmm. and now they don't have as much capacity. But all of that freight got sucked into China while they were dealing with their own uh, pan, you know, epidemic at the time. Right. And now all of that has to go out of the country again. So it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like demand for certain things has spiked. The capacity has dropped significantly. It's criminal, too. They're wow. keeping those markets open. Now, I don't want to get in a big argument here about wet markets, but as like a dog lover, oh. like this is terrible that they allow something like that to stay open, especially so soon to when this pandemic broke out. I, I, this is a fascinating uh, thing to me that I, I, I am, I'm still in disbelief that, I, that you could actually say, all right, we've had these two significant events in our country, in our home yeah. country. And I mean, I don't know how much y'all talked about the wet markets on, on what the truck. But we, we try to stay away from the wet markets yeah. on what the trucks. Uh, but yeah. that's that's basically what everybody is assuming is the there's nothing good. I mean, there's yeah. nothing good. No, they're they're really indefensible for it, one, yeah. but there's nothing really good to say no. about it. We don't have a counterpoint. Yeah, to no. Our point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. It's it's. I, I can't imagine why. From you know, obviously the ethical side, but also the economic side. Oh yeah, we just created a global pandemic. How do you reopen these things? I don't. I, I, I don't understand. Well, Kenneth Carter III says, the Cali, Cali in New York is dealing with Florida-like issues with backhauls. You guys seen that? Freight rates? Oh, uh, with what? The backhauls? I don't know. He said, Cali in New York are dealing with Florida-like issues. Oh, with oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's way more inbound going in than outbound. Yep. Yeah, 
The other yeah. question was about contractual. It said contractual business must be getting crushed right now. That was by Eric Lee Riddle. What are you guys seeing in the contractual rates? So a lot of what we look at is contracted business. Our tender rejection, tender volumes is mostly contracted. It's just getting, I mean, it obviously is getting destroyed. This is like a hurricane. I mean, yeah. it's a natural disaster in yeah. New York, California, Louisiana now, uh, New Jersey. These are these are now like disaster regions. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's going to have a similar impact, not the same type of impact, but similar. Uh, to where you're going to have a lot of high demand going into these markets trying to recover. Wow. Yep. Hey, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Strickland. <laughs> so we got the data guy's opinion on this. We got Bill from Uber Freight's opinion on this. Let's talk to Ingrid Brown. She's actually out there making all this freight we're talking about Ingrid. move. She's out there seeing <laughs> Somewhere between the coasts and the borders. She is, yeah. That's what she said. Hey, Ingrid, are you on the line with us? Oh, hey, hey Hi, there you are. Sorry, I had you on mute. I always, I always do that. <laughs> hey, so you, um, you, I've been staying in close contact with you ever since we, we met due to that cancer survivor story. And now, you know, your services are coming great because you are actually a live, active, working owner, operator of your own trucking company. And mm-hmm. you messaged me and said, hey, I've been to uh, coast to coast, border to border and all points in between. Let us know what you've been seeing, Ingrid. Well, I had a little change. I'm driving for Flinger Brothers out of Carthage, Missouri. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, I, yeah. Anyway, but it's still me. I mean, come on. We still have the, the truck. Anyway, um, let's see, guys. It's really quiet. I came into L.A. I'm in Santa Ana, California right now, uh, sitting in a dock, getting ready to unload. Uh, I have on dairy products, so I'm still, I have still, everything has been essential. Um, it's been any kind of food products, dairy products, juice. Um, it's quiet. Um, California, they got the memo. Uh, the roads are, are really, really what you would say empty. Um, uh, when I came into Santa Ana, I mean, there's just nothing. Uh, you know, you've got your, your day cabs moving the dairy here, that kind of thing. But it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, still having our little incidents of the speed bumps of shippers receivers. Uh, you know, you can't go in most, well, everything I've been into two days, you're not allowed on the dock. You stand at the bottom of the steps um, or they come out to the truck. Some open your doors. Some have you open them back in the truck. They'll bring all your paperwork back to you. I found that they have started a lumper service. I've never dealt with this before that um, you um, actually, uh, you call them. They call you with them out. You call them back and then they say, you're good to go. And your paperwork arrives at your door and you're gone. Um, still having some problems of getting, getting in places to eat guys. Uh, hot meals are really, really, really tough. For, oh, that's I'm, disappointing I'm to hear. Sure so you're, you're saying it's, it's still difficult to get into a lot of these different rest stops cause they're drive through only. Yep. That's it. Um, mm. and, and it's, it's tough to get in and you know, it's also, you got to think about everybody's almost tired of eating in the trucks. I mean, you sit, you, Ugh. you sleep in it, you eat in it, you do your work in it. You have any other kind of, I mean, you're one spot. Think about going home and sitting on your couch and everything you do function wise, you do from that one spot. Well, that's dooners every night. To eat. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dooner does it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no one's hoping to hear though. So you haven't seen the orange ribbons. So Logan Miller, who we had on his 13 year old, he was using his lunch money to make all these meals for the truckers. I don't know if you like Uncrustables or not, but either way, he was giving them out to drivers. I'm not trying to throw shade on Uncrustables here. He's Michael. adorable. Yes, they are Uncrustables. <laughs> yes, he's one of the Mercer kids. Uh, Logan is my little hero, but I don't travel in that area. Uh, you know, mine is mainly all interstate stuff. And, you know, that's where I'm finding that. You know, I, I stopped at one chain yesterday. And, you know, there's a problem with consistency, guys. Um, and consistency being that you can go. The other night I had to stop at one to scale. It was the closest one to my shipper. and But I needed to be at another one of the same chain to spend the night. So I thought, okay, they're, this is how they're set up with their food. This, that's it. I'll just eat when I stop. What, 90 miles down the road. I got down there and it was completely different setup. Food uh, hours were different. The consistency needs to, even if it's just in the same state, I we we can't count on whether we're going to get a hot meal or no meal or a hard boiled egg. Um, 
that's that's kind of where we're where we're looking at. And you're going to really kill me, but this man's here to tell me what door. Oh wow! So well, Nick, <laughs> I am so sorry. Thank you, sir. Nicole. Nicole in our comments. Oh, hey, you're you're working. You're on the job. Yeah, Nicole. Yes, sir. <laughs> Nicole in our comment section. Nicole Nicolette. She says, Ingrid, how is the feel at the rest stops with other drivers? You are already staying pretty isolated, but there's a sense of community of drivers helping each other. Or are you out there on your own? How's that working out? I think that that I'm feeling and I'm watching others. And, and I had this conversation with somebody a while ago that was, was talking about helping drivers that, you know, we isolate a lot anyway as drivers. And people say, don't you get lonely? Well, sure, everybody gets lonely, but it's more of a sense of feeling alone than lonely. Yeah. And there's a difference there. Well, now we're pushed even further back into the alone. You can't even, I haven't been since last Wednesday of a uh, chipper receiver that has a restroom open anywhere, literally. Wow. Uh, Yes. And I sat the other day for several hours waiting because they needed to finish processing, and they were supposed to be getting porta-potties, and the people hadn't brought them yet. They brought them about the time I finished up, and my eyes were full, and I hurried really fast to the truck stop that had no food. But anyway, um, no, I'm glad you're yeah, shining a light on I this because we always hear like on the media. So when everyone's yeah. front facing, when they're talking to someone like us, they want to sound like they're doing the best job humanly possible and they're doing everything they can. There's nothing humanly possible they could have done. Do you get that impression when you're uh, when you show up and there's no porta potty? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And, and, you know, I think a lot of it is they're leaving it on the shipper per se, the 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 shipping clerks and the dock managers to try to provide all of this that a lot of times some upper management needs to step in and step out and step up and uh, maybe help these people out because their hands are just as full as ours are. They're trying to figure this out too. You know, we're all working together. We're all trying to figure this out with the help of you and everybody else. And Nicole, I'll tell you, I really think that, that it's going to wear on us. And I think we're going to need each other more than we've ever needed each other out here before. I wow. think that we're getting ready to see a camaraderie because you know what? Right now, we don't even have our families because none of us want to jeopardize getting around our families. Yeah. Um, hey, Cole has so a great question. You want to read that one out? He's got a great question. Where are we at here? Cole, uh, what can we as a community do to support drivers in a way that would actually help y'all? That's from Cole Elkins. A millennial logistics. Wow. Great. Uh, great question. Um, you know what little Logan's doing? Little things like this. Yeah. You know, appreciation goes a huge way. Uh, we, we all know that. But whenever it comes down to the needs being met, um, I can't find hand sanitizer anywhere. I can't find uh, just small necessities. Now baby wipes are becoming a very, very, like, desolate thing. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, if you can't find toilet paper, I mean, I hate to give away a secret. It seems like it's already out there, but anyone's yeah. had kids knows that. Uh, baby you know, wipes. That can come right. in handy. Yeah. Yeah. And and for us, that's exactly right. They they are are right now they're a lifeblood guys um especially you know when when some sorry some um i'm watching this man just so i can watch him so i can get off oh, uh, <laughs> sorry so, well, no you're fine you're fine uh so it it's just simple little itty bitty things like that that we need those kind of things uh we need Think of necessities, think of deodorant, think of shampoo, think of the things that we can't get to Walmart for that's easier for y'all to get. Um, I haven't been to Walmart. I haven't been to Dollar General. I haven't been to anywhere Yeah. because I haven't really, I haven't been in an area to, to get there. So those are little things. And if it's whether you, uh, Take them and distribute them out by putting them at a truck stop and asking them to put them at the cash register and hand them out as they as they give back change, or ask them to, you know, little things, put them in the showers, just small, just a Ziploc bag. I promise you, we will find a use for the Ziploc bag. That's how. That's super resourceful. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, Ingrid, yeah. thank you so much. You give su- such great advice to our comments section <laughs> here today. People are always looking for a way to help, especially as they try to fight their own boredom and isolation. You brought up a great point. It's a lot different when you don't want to hang out with anybody versus when you're forced not to hang out with anybody. It's a, it's totally a much different, different emotion than, yeah. than the two. I, as I get each year older I can, and more cantankerous, I can tell you the, the feel. <laughs> <laughs> Ingrid, thank you so you much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Call that, me anytime. We will. We'll talk to you guys next week. Take it easy. <laughs> we need well, an army of Logans out there is what we need. And an army of Ingrids. Yeah. This country would, uh, would keep on moving. Hey, Kevin Hill. The hell are you doing here? <laughs> What's happening, man? Well, happy birthday. Yes, oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm free to lose. It is. It is. Yes. I'm a man. I'm 41. It works a lot better when you're 40. Wow. It is, yes. 40 was a good year. It was a good year. So, 1940? Speaking of 40, that's where, that's where you have the three-month three month THL supply chain outlook is at 40. But right now it's not. Right now it's at 65. 65. In favor of the carrier. So this episode is called, Is Freight Headed for a Cliff? So that's 65. Is, is that representing a peak? I think it is. You know, we might go up this week. It really depends. But okay. we, we're almost there. So, so basically... Trucking volumes have, uh, according to OTVI, they yeah. have peaked and they're, they're coming down. So I, I don't know if we will move. It certainly won't be a, another large move. We want 15 points, 15 points, and then 10 points. We might do another five. We might keep it as it is. I, I do know in the three-month outlook, though, it's uh, sitting at 40. Wow. Yeah, which so, is – where was it pre – So so three weeks ago, I think it was three weeks ago, maybe it was four, uh, it was at 25 it's at 25. 25. So we had two 15-point moves and then a 10-point move. So three weeks ago, it was sitting at 25, nothing much happening. We knew about 100 ways to say a flat market. Mm-hmm. Is that the bottom of this proverbial cliff, or can it go lower? Oh, it can go lower. We were lower uh, basically third quarter of 2019. We were at 15. That's the lowest point we've been. Yeah. So it can't go lower than, than that 25. Uh, we will see, you know, on the backside of this cliff, it's, it's a very good picture because it goes straight down. Now, there's not much good news yeah. to, to, uh, to, to say that it's going to be a rolling peak or anything. Uh, right. all, the, all the news is, is really negative. The, the Dallas, uh, the, the, the Fed, Dallas Manufacturing Index came out today. It was a record low. Scott yeah. Watson Abbey, by the way. High. Your friend Scott Watson Abbey. He says, oh, yeah. Kevin! It's a very, like, uh, Home Alone-esque exclamation. <laughs> Come on. Kevin! Very good. <laughs> but you but, have it three months out at a 30? Uh, 40, 40 right now. At a 40? At a 40, and that, that's probably going to go lower. It if it's a cliff, is. you would think it would, I, it right? Would, yes. I was going to so, say, does that so, mean you're thinking a cliff's not going to be so deep or well, what? You know, like a jagged it, little it's, it's a hill? Jagged, yeah. Like it goes jagged down and then yeah. it's... So, so basically, it is a, uh, it's a weekly outlook, though. Yeah, so, so it we is. Don't have so it to, can change. We, right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. But I would say that, that everything is trending lower right now. Right. And I, I think, you know, two or three more weeks, we'll have a much better picture of yeah. what the market's going to be. I think demand has hit a brick wall, and that's really concerning right now. Yeah, and it, it's, it, it's so fragmented everywhere, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're seeing three, three or four days of the, of the volumes dropping. And rejects starting to drop. But then you see different markets that are on the uptick. Yeah, so... In so certain you, areas. Even like Savannah right now. Savannah was looking mm-hmm. at a lull and the imports were not so good. Now the imports look strong and their outbound's a little higher. Yeah, so so that's a, that's a good sign. I, I don't know. Well, what's L.A. doing today? Uh, I, well, I Ontario was up a little bit. It was but, up a little yeah. bit, yeah. So I, I think that you're going to have markets that are good, markets that aren't so good. But I think demand... Demand has, has really hit a brick wall, and until that starts uh, picking up again, and it looks like it, it certainly won't for the, for the month of April, and you know probably not for May either. But it's going to be, you know, it's, it's 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 a cliff. It's a cliff right now. I mean, some industries have already been impacted, like automobile, automotive. We've we've talked about that quite a bit. In terms of gross, and I guess it's hard to say, right? Because when you have the president going on TV and saying. 
Everyone needs to hold up and shelter in place. Oh, no, everyone needs to go back to work. We can't shut the economy off for two weeks. Oh, no, you know, this actually is pretty bad. They're they're sticking bodies in reefer trucks in downtown New York City. This is going to be longer. It's hard yeah. for us to give a forecast, too, right? Because you have no idea well, until we know how long this will last. It's like the virus is in control, right? Yeah. So, so you can't – you have to predict the virus to predict what economic activity is going to do. And we just don't know yet. But I think in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a much better understanding of that. But as, as long as we're sheltering in place or, or sheltering at home, consumer demand, discretionary spending just won't be there. Bill Drieger yeah. touched on that with us, right? He said that we can't really use Europe or China as a model, even though they're two weeks ahead, just because they behaved differently than mm-hmm. us. Yeah, they yeah. prepared differently. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Um, I, New York yesterday, the, the death rate in Italy too had, had fallen from okay. from the peak, which is hopefully good news. So you need to put a few few of those days uh, back to back to back mm-hmm. um, to, to see if see what's going to happen. But they say the apex in cases won't be for another couple of weeks in, in New York. So we'll see what happens there. Great, Kevin. Yeah. What's next for you and your team? So basically, we are going to do so. Great quarter, guys. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about accounts receivables, accounts payables, risk. Yeah, you know, you have the CARES Act. You have a lot of businesses that are their, you know, their liquidity is is drying up. Their customers are drying up. Credit term risk is is really big right now. So we're going to talk about that on Great Quarter Guys. We're going to do a survey this week as well, and have something out next week that that kind of goes through the trends and what to expect on counterparty. You know, really accounts receivables, accounts payable, and great. different terms and, and risks that are involved in that. Sounds mm-hmm. exciting. And the great George Abernathy will be on. Put that coffee down yes. on Wednesday Him at around twelve twenty five. He'll yeah. be there, and we'll also be doing our uh, freight market update tomorrow. So, so you'll probably awesome. be bringing us yes. the news and what's from the desk. The editor, thank you so much for joining yeah. us on the show today. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. It's time to invite Emily Zink down to see what's yeah. a big deal, so Kevin, what's a little deal in the freight market. Kevin asked what was going on in L.A. Yes. and Ontario, so I pulled up my sonar because I have wow, yeah. data at the speed of sonar, right? I, I know, I know. Daily updates. Most so. of my co-hosts weren't able to pull <laughs> stuff like this up. Yeah, right? So, uh, yeah, both L.A. and Ontario have have uh, uh, decreased in outbound volume, but uh, the inbound is, is decreasing more, which is... Uh, so there's... Oh. More bad towards, news and more bad news. Well, yeah, there's less inbound than, than, you know, the decrease in inbound is, is greater than the decrease in outbound, which is causing uh, rejection and spot rates to continue to rise in both those. Big deal. Little deal. Big deal. Little deal. You haven't gained your COVID-19, have you? No, I have not. <laughs> I mean, new? We were talking about, we were doing Beachbody. A lot of us in the office doing Beachbody. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah. To combat the effects no, of the... There's so no gym to go to, there's man. There's no gym. I know. I've always been a fan of working out in my house, and so it's nice that other people are now doing the same programs I'm yeah. used to doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like going to gyms because I feel like they're dirty sometimes. I feel like I'm no, being judged. No. Yeah. I always feel like I'm being judged. Especially just, like, even just by myself in the mirror. Yeah. Like, even here, judging I hate having a constant reflection of, like, myself. You're looking good with the tracksuit. Oh, as okay. long as the tracksuit still fits, yes. that's all that matters. Very and happy, happy, happy birthday to you. Thanks. So, it's your turn to go first because it is your birthday. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> you, you talked about this at the beginning of the show, and it's an interesting driver perspective we had over the weekend, and a story written by FreightWaves journalist Alan Adler. Mm-hmm. It was published um, on Saturday. A train coming to a sudden stop is how veteran driver Henry Albert describes what truckers will soon face in seeking freight loads, saying, quote, all of the auto plants are down. Nobody mm-hmm. is shopping at malls for clothes mm-hmm. or furniture. Stick a fork, stick it with a fork, excuse me, that, it's done. I was expecting stick a fork in it. I, 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 I like your uh, interpretation better, stick it so, with the fork. <laughs> stick it well, with that's the fork. what he said. Yeah, put his finger up he in the said air stick it, it with the fork, that was his quote, so that, that's a new one. Is uh, this a big deal or a little deal, his perspective, and even uh, a lot of drivers are feeling this way. It's a pretty big deal because the, the drivers who are getting good money right now are one part segment of society that is actually doing okay in this environment, but they will be joining the club of the overwhelmed masses in, um, in assistance lines. I mean, whenever, when, when rates dry up and when freight dries up in trucking, they traditionally go to construction, right? Or a field like that, but there's not a ton of construction going on either. So 
it's gonna it, look. Life's gonna be tougher for everybody. I mean, look, as long as people are still at home, there's still gonna be freight moving, and there's gonna be a ton of groceries moving. Um, I am of the belief that there's gonna be a ton of home exercise equipment and yep. stuff like that. Peloton I mean, bikes, yeah. As long as everyone doesn't get fired, right? As long as everyone doesn't get fired, furloughed, all those things, I think that they'll still be freight to move. But I, like we talked to Bill D, I think load boards will be more important than ever, and things like sonar to find out what commodities are actually moving, because a lot of people are gonna find themselves having to shift to where they drive and where they deliver to. Yeah, I, 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 do I go next? Yeah, you go next. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a big deal. I th- I, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist, and I'm, I don't think it's as big of a deal as driver just off a cliff and everything stops. It's a train wreck. I think it's a big deal because I think things change. Yeah. And, and I think the stimulus packages, uh, talking about another one, uh, are going to keep things going. It's, it's a great uh, boost to the psyche to be paid to stay at home rather than be taking unemployment. And you're more apt to spend money. Yep. Yeah. Right. When you have that perspective instead of I'm out of a job completely. So hopefully things will keep, you know, will keep moving. It's going to be tough. But I think the real big deal is how we can come out of this. So things yeah. are going to change. Patrick Murray says he's doing a lot of bikes and treadmills. So he is yeah, he's moving a lot there of that you stuff. Go, Patrick. Yeah, I know Craig Fuller, he has a Peloton bike. He always shoots his video, and he's always trying oh. to hide his bike behind him. Craig Fuller? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, they got a Peloton at his house. So. Where is he riding? That's where he is when he's on those Zoom things? No, he's in his office. Oh, I, sh- I didn't know if I should assume he's on a bike. No, he's not on a bike. <laughs> okay. That's how he try generates that. his own electricity. Up yeah. there oh, oh, yeah, getting off the grid. Uh, Mary <laughs> Carter, er, Mary MC Carter says 100% on the load boards. Great place to be looking for freight. Oh, very interesting. Well, in a pitch book. Pitch Book report released on Friday, Pitch Book analyst Assad Hussein said that the coronavirus pandemic has highlighted how valuable personal vehicles are, mm. saying you drive to the grocery store in your own car. You're not worried about having to share a vehicle with somebody else. According to this report, the crisis impact on mobility tech is classified as significant. Vincent, big deal or a little deal? Uh, I think it's I think it's kind of a little deal, but I think potentially it could be a big deal because how does it change our society the way we're, we're you know, everybody's flocking to urban center and sharing and so on and so forth. Is that going to be so cool and hip after this? Is that going to be the norm or is it yeah. going to shift back to not? Yeah, I know a lot of people are scared to drive in Ubers right now. Uber drivers yeah. has been a lot of news stories that they have no one to pick up from the yeah. airport. Airbnb has just tanked because no one's going on vacation. Yeah. No one's staying at houses. So. Right. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, time. it is. Where are you going to take the Uber to? I mean, right now too. There's you're only sure. going to a central place. It's not like you're like hanging out with your buddies, well, unless yeah. you're some people you're seeing around playing well, beer pong on their balconies how, how out there. The, how does the value of that lifestyle and and, and that trend? How, how does that recover? I don't. I don't think that stuff. I don't think that. If everyone's back out in society and, yeah. and playing and going to work and doing their things, then you have to assume a certain level of like germ. Defense, right? Or else you wouldn't touch sure. door handles. You wouldn't pump your own gas. You wouldn't right, do right. anything like that. So I really don't see Ubers being off the menu if we're back out of society. If anything, there might be more. Thing. Yeah, because yeah. people yeah. people want to get out. Then yeah. Think about all the people who were like going to buy cars, like a car come in the spring. Now those people are probably like, you know what? Not essential. Don't need it. I'm not even thinking about it anymore. I won't get it till At next this year. moment. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I, that industry is going to get hurt a lot more than the sharing Longer thing. It's term. here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Unless we're sharing like spoons or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dooner, executives remain certain of freight tech disruption, but cool on its immediate impact. Big deal or little deal on that one? Uh, it's like anything, you know, like blockchain super hot. Everyone was caring about blockchain in 2017, 2018. But then once executives, you know, get familiar with it, they realize what it is. They realize it may not be for them, just like a lot of freight tech. At first, there's a lot of excitement and then... The companies that do care about it care about it. And that's what this report said. So it wasn't like freight tech is dead. Nobody cares about freight tech. It's just that the people who are starting to need to use the actual tech are starting to care about what they care about, which is a lower percentage than just everybody caring. Yeah, yeah, I agree that, I, you know, reading it, that's that's kind of what it says, right? It, it's it's now the new norm. So it's not that hot of a topic anymore. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Well, Vincent, the Wall Street Journal logistics report states that consulting firm Bricks Meets Clicks says the number of U.S. households ordering groceries online reached 40 million this month. That is roughly double the level they recorded just in August. That is crazy. Is that a big deal or a little deal? 
I think it's showing a shift of, well, I'm, it's out of necessity, right? Yep. Is what's going on right now. But how convenient that is and does it stick is a big deal. And I think it does. And I think it does for a lot of, a lot of, a lot of places, a lot of workforce. Talking to Bill Drigger at Uber Freight. Yeah. Their people are, you know, they're already set up. They basically send everybody home in like five minutes because they, they were, they were ready oh, yeah. Probably, much, right? yeah, from the beginning. So he's already say, he's saying as well, yeah, there are certain segments of their business and certain functions that lend itself to a home. And they're already having those discussions. When we come back, who's coming back? And I think everybody's looking at that. And it's the same thing with this type of thing, ordering food, going out and buying things, uh, whatever, clothes, yeah. Peloton bikes, etc. So yeah. you've been ordering from Whole Foods. Yeah. And you... Did you do that before this or would you just, you live extremely close to Whole Foods. Would you and the wife just go to the air? I, I, I like grocery shopping. I find it hard to grocery shop online, but I have been using it. So the, what do you think? What are your feelings after this is all over? Will you continue a, to do it or will you go to the physical store? No, I like to cook. So I, I like going to the grocery yeah. store. We don't really go out to eat that often, especially with the little kids. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. So I usually am the one who ends up going to the grocery store. But what I don't like about it is I'm an apartment building. For example, like two days ago, they brought food but like they just left it like on the street so i got like a refund on that they actually brought my my real order but i don't know maybe it's a lot of new people ordering too and then they they see like unattended pickup but like you would think that that would mean like at least bring it in the lobby not just leave it on the streets of chattanooga Hey, Bo Carlton, he's you wants wait. to... <laughs> you are supposed to leave your groceries outside for an hour. That's what they're saying to kill the germs. Oh, my God. Is that Maybe right? Maybe they were helping you. Maybe they were. Bo Carlton says carriers want payment fast. Brokers don't want to bleed cash day one with their customers kicking payment terms out. Big deal, little deal. He has his own big deal, little deal. Oh, I like it. Way to play. So do you. (laughs) Read that again to me. They said... uh, Wow, uh, So payment terms. So brokers, they don't want to bleed out cash right now, but carriers want their money. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not uh, a huge difference than normal. Normal? <laughs> <laughs> sounds pretty much like the trucking industry, right? I guess the threshold for doing it is what makes the difference, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. But yeah, I mean, it's it's always been a big deal, right? I mean, that's why you have uh, factoring companies, et cetera. Yeah, that's why you have great places like Triumph you know, Pay. Like Triumph great Pay. Great employees we'll like Paul Carlton, right? Sign them up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, well, by the way, we're going to miss them. We were going to be doing a, a TIA, yeah, right? Know, we had a special. Yeah. We were doing their party and everything. Boots and scoots or scooting boots something yeah. it's a little country bar in austin you guys are going to be broadcasting live there but hopefully um sounds like they rescheduled i some at some point yeah in so. life Reschedule. <laughs> Everything in life is rescheduled. Nice. Yes. Well, you guys touched on this one as one of your headlines today. Uh-oh. Today at noon, Amazon employees at the JFK 8 Fulfillment Center on Staten Ooh. Island walked out on the job to call on Amazon to better protect its employees from COVID-19. Dooner, big deal or little deal? They walked out on the job. Uh, that's a big deal because when if you don't have people working at these warehouses, they're not feeling safe. Yeah. There go our goods. You're already finding... People already complain that they're seeing delays all the way up to like April 21st for non-essential items for uh, off Amazon. You're going to see that happening more and more as less and less workers can come in. So, yeah, it's a pretty huge deal. You want to make sure that these workers feel taken care of. And I think the big problem is sort of what we've been talking about a lot this episode is the psychology. And the workers in that environment, they absolutely do not have the psyche that they can go home and their job will be fine. So they're, they're not afforded that. They have to go in there. They have to. If the person next to them sneezes on an Amazon box, they still have to work that line. Yeah. So tough place to be. Big deal. Yeah. We, the last thing we need is just to bleed into essentials aren't moving. Yeah. Like we need them to, right? So, yeah, and, they, happens, and I agree. Yeah. They, they're on the front lines. We they need to be taken care of, and we should be taking care of them. And if they've got an issue, then then it needs to be it needs to be addressed. And it was simple as just asking them to shut down for a little bit and clean. I I mean I don't feel yeah. like that's yeah, too much. Yeah, when I read the uh, the article of what was going on there, it was they did have a coronavirus positive in yep. another Amazon, and they shut it down for a bit of time. Yeah, to, within to the region. It. Yeah, and that's what they were demanding on this one here. I, I would suspect that they were going to. Do that anyways. I don't know. Yeah, guess not. You well, would think they would have a liability too, but I, be, I yeah. imagine a lot of warehouse managers may not be trained in yeah. that. Not at all. Not at all. Well, if you binge the Netflix docuseries Tiger King this mm-hmm. weekend, don't be sad because there may be more to come. The show's producers teased that the show was based of, off of archival footage. And there is a lot more where that came from. That, that makes me very happy. But Vincent, have you seen this yet? <laughs> 
I, I, I have I've watched the first episode. So big deal, little deal. There might be more once we I, finish this season. Hey, I, you know what? I enjoyed it. it. It is a train wreck. It is. It, it's, <laughs> I mean, it is. I was talking to Zach the Sultan about it earlier about this particular point because uh, I think it's a big deal because that means that you're going to continue to ask me questions about it. And I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do. But I do enjoy it. It's it's crazy. But it's like the ultimate reality show, right? They've oh, they've figured out. Every possible angle of craziness in reality that you could put in one show, and there it is. Just when you think it can't get crazier, it escalates. Oh my! I got news for you. It's going to escalate. It's going to get weirder. (laughs) Mary says uh, she has a meeting now, but she really appreciated this today. She needed the engagement and the conversation. Love you guys. Until next time. Well, thank you, Mary. That's why we have live. That's why we have live shows every day now, right? We love that. That's very cool, Mary. You guys come to God. Hopefully, we'll see you every day. Yeah. I've been an early adopter of the tiger, the Tiger King. Love the tiger. Stripes. Uh, I needed something to. You're the reason I watch. Oh, is it? (laughs) Yeah. Mick Millions. Because you were talking about Mick Millions was a show on HBO I was really into and that's good for I the first like that. two episodes or three episodes and then it just kind of falls off a cliff but Tiger King just keeps going that's what I was hoping McMillions yeah. did I was hoping it kept it like talk about falling off a cliff so McMillions yeah. episode three gets up to that peak and then it just completely falls Ooh. off Tiger King hasn't fallen off the cliff yet but my problem is I was thinking about this and if they make and I like that they said that it, there was a dream come true the producer was like it's a the filmmakers filmed almost all of this themselves <laughs> as a filmmaker that's like a dream come yeah. true and if you ask any of our people on production they would probably say the same whenever you've got B-roll so you gotta, we're gonna send go us the B-roll years? we love yeah. a little B-roll yeah uh, but the problem is that now anything they film new though is gonna be in this post-coronavirus world and I think part of the things people like about it is they can be like, you know, even though there's a coronavirus going on, at least this person's life is more effed up than mine. <laughs> right? But then yeah. there's a coronavirus. It's sort of like, yeah, we're all on the same boat. Exactly. So, you know, it there goes the moral high ground. I think it's, it's, it's helped people. I saw a meme. It said, you're either talking about the coronavirus or you're talking about the Tiger King on the yeah. internet. But I really honestly think it's, it's, Segwayed people away from just talking about the coronavirus 24-7. Yeah. It gives you something fun to talk about. Because I think we needed something good. As crazy as this guy's story, all the people in the show's stories are, I think it brought a little bit of sunshine do, to this you, whole thing. Do you think Carol uh, fed her, her husband to a tiger, heck allegedly? Yes. Heck yes. I, um, do you think he'll get all his presidential pardons that he's asking for in prison right now? Well, Cardi I mean, B, it could draw Trump rapper. into this whole she show. She said she was going to get do everything she can to get Co- him out. So we'll Cole, see. Oh, wow. Cole Elkins says, promise not all Oklahomans are as crazy as Joe Exotic. You know, where did, where did Kevin Hill go? Kevin Hill voted for Joe Exotic. Stop. Don't tell everyone that. Oh, he Sorry, no, allegedly. allegedly. Allegedly, that's the story. No, I'm just kidding. He's from Oklahoma. 19% of people did. So a lot. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. 19% of people. Now, that's... if you ever, like, remember Nadar? Like, vote for Nader in, yeah. like, 2000? And yeah. they only need, yeah. like, 2% of the population to vote. And yeah. he had some pretty good traction. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. getting 19% is really yeah, that's good. That's a lot. That's a high percentage well, we of got, crazy folks. We got one more good one. And this this is <laughs> going to be very, very interesting. Okay. WrestleMania will be held for the first time ever in an empty arena. Hmm. And the event is not just one day, but now it's two days. They think they're going to get so much viewership. What do you think about WrestleMania not having a crowd. Well, it's, neither will Freight Waves at home, and yeah. we had to go an extra day just like WrestleMania because we get True. the Vince McMahon of Freight, Craig Fuller, running the show. Yeah. And uh, we know that we're going to bring it just like WrestleMania brings it to the millions upon millions you of wrestling right. fans. That'll be weird, though. So I've been, my kids are uh, like the boys, they're of the age where they are watching wrestling now. So I'm showing them like the older matches and stuff like that. And uh, we're going to watch WrestleMania this weekend, but it's going to be weird with no crowd. Yeah. The old, like Hacksaw Reed, that, uh, that far Also, back, like wrestling what? seems like the worst possible sport you could do. Well, it's I like think they, had coronavirus. they had to add a second, uh, a second day because those matches are going to last forever when uh, they're they six can, feet apart. Exactly. Yes. And they can only put like, I know it's fake, but like when you punch <laughs> I mean, in like this, it's going to... They're going to chairs. You can't even have a battle royal if you think it's about it, right? Be, uh, you can't even have a yeah. tag team match anymore. I think they're going to joust. They're just going to have a jousting match. Yeah. That would be a wet sponge match. (laughs) So what do you think about this, Vincent? Big deal or little deal? The format is so different from what they've ever done. Uh, uh, I, I think it's a big deal that it's happening, right? I mean, yeah. with the crowd, I mean, it, it's it's pop culture, right? And it's awesome, and people love to go there and 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 do it. I, I'm not a a huge fan. I've never been to WrestleMania, but I mean, it's, you know, some people. This is like March Madness to them. This you is might, the NCAA tournament. You, are you gonna watch it? I, I, but I, you're darn right. I will. Heck yeah, yeah. social experiment. Yeah, of like, I want to see. Even I want to see how these guys, you know, turn around and scream and spit at the crowd when there's nobody there. There'll probably be a lot of conspiracy. 
theories that people faked it. They'll be like, well, no one's there to prove that he did the moonsault. That's exactly right. We'll see. I want to know what their numbers are like, their viewer numbers, what the the ratings will be. It will be interesting to see. But a lot of virtual spaces, including at uh, at home. At home, we're ramping up. Every day we're working on something. I'm excited. I I mean, it's something different. Mm -hmm. Um, But. I, I think it's going to do extremely well because we have a platform already. Obviously, you see, we have a community. Like Mary yeah. said, thank you for the engagement. Thank you for the interaction. And the great thing is we already have this audience. And now we're not just going to have the people watching on LinkedIn. We're going to have everyone who's going to be at the event, plus the people who are learning about it now as part of this whole big three-day-plus party. Um, I, I think it'll be great. It's a community in itself. And the exotic tigers of freight. It'll yes. be like our own zoo of the, <laughs> yes. the uniqueness. But the only demos and everything, we're trying to adapt this as much as we can to, A, make it badass, as we always yeah. try and do, but how do you make something that's virtual badass? Well, a lot of people are putting out a lot, ton of great events, and we are obviously taking notes of what is awesome, what doesn't work. Maybe we'll take some notes from WrestleMania. That's true. God, that's <laughs> get, your, get your pen and your paper out. <laughs> All right, what's coming up? We're running out of time. What's coming up on Freightways TV? <laughs> so uh, Tuesday, Thursday, we always do our coronavirus freight market special. Tomorrow, we yep. have David Jackson. He is the CEO of Night Swift. He oh, cool. uh, just did a fuller speed Sweet. ahead with Craig, and he was sharing some awesome stories of how people are treating drivers. I know Ingrid had some not so great stories and that just breaks my heart, but there are a lot of great things happening. So he'll be one of the guests, but as always hour long, 12 o'clock tomorrow, um, Eastern time, there's always a lot of information and this changes every single day. So it's great to be up to date in real time with what's going on. Great quarter guys. Kevin Hill had teased what was happening at two o'clock on Tuesday, Wednesday at noon. We have president George Abernathy. What's George talking about? We are talking about uh, your, your, your freight tech sales tech stack, which is becoming more vital than ever. We'll talk about using zoom for meetings. We'll talk about CRMs. We'll talk about the, uh, the sales guy expectation, the boss expectation, why you shouldn't game your CRM just to look good while you're sitting through the coronavirus. And now more than ever, it's a good time to be honest. Yeah, so that's nice. at noon, 2 o'clock. We have Frightonomics with the Sultan of Sonar, Zach Strickland, and our lead economist, Anthony Smith. Thursday again, noon, you have your coronavirus, 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 coronavirus. special. Yeah. We got Vincent. Yeah. Great forecasting. Yeah, 4 o'clock, great forecasting. And then we are back at 1 o'clock on Friday. With what the truck? Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Timothy Duner. That's D double O N E R. Emily Zink, S Z I N K. He's at Vincent the Dude, right? Vincent the Dude. Yes. Or Michael Vincent on uh, LinkedIn. That's correct. All the people. Speaking of LinkedIn, thank you all for joining us on the show. Mary Carter, TJ Carter, Rally Cole, Elkins, Thomas Smiley, Kenneth Carter the Third, Bo Carlton from Triumph. Hey, hell yeah, man. Making sure people get paid. Scott Watanabe said he's looking for very run DMC-ish. I'm looking very run DMC-ish. Well, thank you. I had to. Got to get only dress up for uh, your your best on your birthday. There you go. Take it easy, everybody.